0: Hello, audience, and welcome to episode 40, that's 40 in normal people speak, of the Yours Truly podcast. My name's Claire. I'm your host. I don't know why that sounded like really Southern when it came out of my mouth. I am from the Southern part of Virginia, but I really don't think I have that much of a southern accent, but for some reason, that really came out very slang-like. So if you're new to the podcast, I want to welcome you, obviously, but you're also going to get warmed up to how we hang here on the podcast real fast. If you've been here for a while, you're going to be like, she's weird. She does this all the time. So I want to start off today's podcast like I promised last week with a little bit of a celery bration. So no, I'm not just going to sit here and eat celery, although that would be fun for you to listen to me do that. I don't know, maybe maybe some of you are into that. I hear that's like a thing now. Side note of like listening to people eat food. I don't know, it has like ASMR. I I was at a friend's house recently and she was talking about it. Anyways, I digress. I digress. I wanted to come on this podcast to Celery Braid episode 40. So I know in a lot of people's brains, 40 doesn't really hold that much of significance. I don't really know if it holds that much of significance for me either, but I'm going to say that it does because it feels like a milestone. like No one has to tell you that that you have reached a milestone. I think you can just say that, oh my gosh, 40 is a milestone episode. I think it's because it ends in a zero, like I was saying last week, that it just feels like a big deal. When we get to 50, now that will be an even bigger milestone because we're halfway to one hundo. Hashtag math. Hashtag I was never that good at math, but I can do addition. But today to celebrate episode 40, I figure... Why not bring in the episode with one of the best party songs, in my opinion to ever be created. I know middle school Claire is somewhere back in the past really thanking me for what I'm about to do. So I'm going to play this and I'm hoping I'm going to play it through my computer like I don't have any way to splice it in very fancily. So I'm just going to play it from my computer. The audio is probably going to be terrible quality, but what I want you to do when I play the 10 to 15 seconds of the song, I just want you to dance it out. You know, before we get into this podcast episode where we are learning, where we are listening so intently as I know you definitely do when you listen to podcasts I just want you to take a sec to let the inner middle schooler in you rock it out so in celery bration of episode 40 here we go fam Okay, so I'm going to stop playing that now because I'm in my office and the people around me are probably like, what the heck is she doing? But if you knew that song, then we are now BFFs. If you don't know the song, I guess I'm going to have to forgive you anyways. That song is called... Aaron's party, parentheses, come and get it. If you've ever been an Aaron Carter fan, aka if you grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s, then you vibe with me on that. And that is just, you know, no matter how old I get, no matter how many times I play that song, I always want to get up and dance and celebrate when I hear Aaron's party. So if you're an Aaron Carter fan, let me know. Let me know that I'm not totally crazy, but I have other things to talk about here on this podcast. So, with it being a milestone podcast, or I am labeling it a milestone podcast. It kind of is. It's not only episode 40, but this is the last podcast that I will be recording in my office space here in Roanoke, Virginia. So I announced last week on the podcast that I am in the process of moving right on up the road, physically speaking, like I am moving (laughs) to the Northern Virginia, Washington, DC area. And I'm so excited for all that is going to bring definitely a little bit bittersweet because I do love Roanoke. This is a wonderful town and this is where my business got started. This is where Yours Truly Nutrition was pretty much born and where we spent the first year in biz. So... Getting a little bit nostalgic over here in my in my office. This will be the last podcast I record here, which will really make no difference or an impact to you guys because you can't see me when I'm recording. It's literally just my my audio, you know, as podcasts do. But it's a little bit sentimental for me in that way. So episode 41 onward, we are marking the beginning of the move, the beginning of more hopefully awesome and amazing content from yours, Julie Nutrition, about the intuitive eating world. So back to how we normally start this. Wow. That was weird. Start, not stopped. Start these podcast episode episodes. Wow. My words today, guys. So we are going to start by featuring the yours truly goal slang post of the week. Again, if you are new to the podcast and you haven't turned off the audio already because Homegirl just played Aaron Carter through her computer, then you're, no, you're going to stick around for this too. And you're going to love it. At least I hope so. So the Yours Julie Goal Slaying post of the week is where I feature a post from one of my current clients and or awesome members of my private Facebook community called, you guessed it, the Yours Julie Goal Slayers, where we hang out, we talk about intuitive eating, I do live videos, and it's just a big, amazing insert every positive adjective here of support for anyone who is progressing through their intuitive eating journey or simply wanting to learn more. So this post is actually very fresh. very new it's like if it was wall paint it would still be wet (laughs) I have this I painted a lot this weekend in the new in the new apartment so I just have like visions of rolling wet paint but anyways that is what this post is to the wall of the Facebook group it's very new it's fresh and it comes from one of my current clients who was reflecting on our call from yesterday. So she writes, hi friends. I had my call with Claire yesterday and had so many really good moments. I honestly can't pick just one. So buckle up. Number one, in the past two weeks, I have easily picked up new habits and gone away with old. Part of this journey is super easy to me, parentheses, trying new foods that were always no foods, changing up my breakfast choices, etc. But body image is a major hurdle. Claire and I talked about me writing down in a nightly journal one way that I took care of my body that day, which is easy to do, and I'm really looking forward to it. Number two, quotation, cancel, cancel, thank you, but blank, end quotation. This is a new mantra that I'm going to try when negative thoughts pop up. Looking in the mirror brings a lot of negative thoughts and feelings, and diet culture creeps in. Claire taught me that little phrase that I can use when something negative comes up. The blank part is where I insert something neutral or a neutral thought. I don't have to add in something that I love about myself because it's hard to believe those right now. But saying something like, cancel, cancel, thank you, but my legs chased after my kids all day long really helps to negate the negative thought that I might have in that place without swinging the other way and saying, I love my legs, to which case my brain would be like, nope oh man, there are so many more nuggets from the call, but I don't have time to share any more right now. And then she signs off. So to this goal slayer, if you are listening to the pod, I want to thank you for contributing to the community, for giving everyone your takeaway from our calls, because there are some super golden nuggets in here. And the thing that I really want to touch on is obviously throughout the intuitive eating journey, as in anyone's journey throughout anything, our bodies are always going to be fluctuating and changing. But the thing that is different about the intuitive eating path from all other diets or ways of nutrition or air quote lifestyles you may have had in the past is there's no promise of looking a certain way. There's no promise that you are going to lose weight or become smaller based on your efforts in the intuitive eating journey. And of course when you're trying to grapple that no promise like this exists, it can be really hard to navigate some of the negativity that can come up towards the normally and naturally changing and fluctuating parts of your body. So I love what she highlighted from our call here of having some way to negate those negative thoughts. And a lot of ways I find that going from negative to positive is kind of a big jump to make and that's awesome if you can do that and truly and honestly mean it but for a lot of people I find that from taking a really negative thought and trying to flip it totally on its head and make it positive can kind of send up red flags in your brain that's like I don't believe that or like you're BSing me or kind of things like that. So I want to make this transition for everyone as I feel like it needs to be as natural and as genuine as possible. Because if you are telling yourself something that you genuinely don't believe, you're going to have a little bit of resentment towards this journey. And we can't grow to become a better intuitive eater or the intuitive eater that we were meant to be. If you are harboring a lot of resentment towards some of the tools and tactics that are getting you there. So What I love that she pointed out is this mantra of cancel, cancel, thank you. So you're you're acknowledging the negative thought rather than just pushing it away and saying, I shouldn't have that, or I should love my body as it is. Because again, you're going to know if you're lying to yourself. So you acknowledge and then you say, cancel, thank you for sharing. But, and then if it's natural for you to go, off the wall positive and say something like I love insert part of my body here that's totally fine and I encourage you to do that but if you're kind of in the boat right now where that isn't habitual or that feels a little bit disingenuine as I was saying you can say something neutral so her example here if the negative thought was towards her legs she could say something like cancel cancel thank you for sharing but my legs chased after my kids all day long or I had another client a couple of months ago ago who would say, cancel, cancel, thank you, but my arms help me to carry my groceries and also my son. So it's making it very neutral and acknowledging, obviously, that part of your body that exists, but making it non-emotional and almost just like a, a yay, I did this thing, rather than having that gut reaction of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I look like this, and allowing that diet mentality to creep back in and ultimately get you to come back to its ways, right? We're trying to grapple and fight against this mentality. And honestly, the best way that I find to do this is insert something that is true and that will allow you to see that the functionality of your body and trying to take care of yourself in that way is of the utmost importance rather than focusing on what it looks like in any given moment, because of course it is going to change. And by fixing our happiness and our total sense of success, on something that is naturally fluctuating and naturally ever-changing is kind of setting ourselves up for failure in the first place. So I will stop ranting about this post from the Yours Julie Goal Slayers, but this is the point in the podcast where I shamelessly plug for this free, awesome, again, insert any positive adjective here, Facebook community. This is open and free for anyone who is interested in intuitive eating to join. The only thing that I have in order to join is a simple application process. One, so that I can get to know a little bit more about you. I pride myself on really cultivating strong relationships in this community. So I want to get to know you. And also to lay some ground rules for this community because it's such an awesome place and I want it to stay that way. So if you are interested in filling out the application to join our community, you can find that living in my bio, the link in my bio on Instagram at Claire Tuning. Fill it out and I will get back to you on next steps to join. If you don't have an Instagram, which is totally fine, you do you. You can also friend me on Facebook at Claire Tuning. You can shoot me a message to tell me how much you love the podcast, to ask to join the community. And you can also just search the yours truly goal slayers on Facebook request to join, and then I can send you the application from there. So there are multiple ways for you to get the free value of this community. And I am telling you week after week after week to come join us because honestly is a good time. But that being said, I have so many screens open on my computer here. Where am I? Where are my notes? Here we go. Joys of Recording a live podcast. So we are transitioning now. Here's my fancy transition music. Are you ready? Da da, da da to the featured guest of today's podcast on the Yours Truly podcast. So this is a registered dietitian who I feel like I can connect with on a personal level because he is, and he's not going to be offended when I say this, but he is equally as weird and as quirky as me. So his name is Coach Tony Castillo, and I'm trying to say that with an accent. So Coach Tony, as we like to call him, him and I are connected through the I Believe Mentorship group through our mutual friend and mentor, Other Tony. Since I've become a dietitian, I have met a lot of Tonys in my life. I'm wondering if people who are just born with the name Tony are like, yes, I will become a dietitian. But anyways, this Coach Tony... Is a registered dietitian who practices down in Florida, but lucky for anyone who vibes with his message, he does telehealth services. So he works with people all over the United States. And the cool thing about Tony, one of many things that is cool about Tony, is he comes from a sports dietitian background. So he and I in this episode really get into his involvement with sports dietitian or sports dietetics, I guess I could say is a better word. Good job, Claire, and why he chose to transition from his. His role as a sports RD to a entrepreneurial RD who is still focused in the sports realm. So I loved our conversation here. His involvement was a lot with baseball. So as you'll find, he and I are hitting it out of the park, pun intended, with a lot of puns. I really, really love Tony's message as far as sports nutrition is concerned. And the reason why I wanted to have him on the podcast is because his approach to sports nutrition, just performance nutrition in general, is different from a lot of other people's approaches because it is largely non-numbers focused. So I kind of view it as like an intermediate ground between intuitive eating and like a more diety macros focused type of nutrition. He focuses largely on education, on visual cues and reminders, and really empowering his clients to make the best decisions for them through his guided coaching approach. So Tony, I want to thank you if you're watching, if you're listening and you've made it through like my 13 minute intro, LOL, sorry. I want to thank you for spending time with me here on the pod. At the end of the episode, we tell you guys how to get in contact with him, connect with him on Instagram. I'm literally looking at his feed right now. His facial expressions are amazing. He's so charismatic and he is very knowledgeable. So without further ado, here is my conversation with coach Tony. Enjoy. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity, to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours Julie Claire. Here we go.
1: Woo! Let's do it!
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to leave that in there. That's going to be the start. (laughs) So our guest for today just wooed us into into this episode for today, but I am sitting here with Coach Tony, not business coach Tony. There are a lot of Tonys (laughs) in my life, but this is the fellow nutrition coach RD Tony. So Tony, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. I'm excited. I am pumped. I'm ready to talk to you. Like I just told you, I wish I had a PB&J, but I did listen to some Joe Bro. As you reminded me, that is their uh, very short name, Kevin, (laughs) and Joe. Like I'm ready to go. Um, Yeah, I'm excited.
0: I love it. I love when I have a guest who has like done their research. Like I know we've been following each other's content for a while, but like you got the PB and J on lockdown, and you also. So for anyone who like doesn't follow him yet, I'm gonna get you to follow him at the end of this episode because he. (laughs) I just realized, and I had noticed it before in your content, but I didn't know it was like a thing that you did every time you talk to someone or a client, you actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, you listen to some sort of song or something that that person enjoys. And yeah. what Tony did to get into the Yours Truly podcast mode was he listened <laughs> to Burn it Up by the Jonas Brothers. And anybody who knows me knows that there's a middle school girl inside that loves <laughs> the Joe Bros. So I want to know before we kind of get into your story and what you do as a dietitian, yeah. What is this practice and how did you get into it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as you know, I used to work in baseball and baseball players always have like a walk-up song. So before they go bad or before they go pitch, they just have a song that comes on. And every time like I go to the gym, I always like to have like some hype music. So I always thought, how can I include this in my nutrition practice? Like I'm not going to hop on a call with a client and be like, hey, hold on, let's listen to a song real quick. It's like, no, I'm going to get excited for them. I want to be hundred percent present. And just like a baseball player gets locked in or even basketball players, you always see like LeBron walking in with his Beats headphones on and he's like, all right, I'm ready to perform. I'm ready to perform for them because I want them to perform optimally. And that is just what I'm ready to do. I just get psyched up. And then even being on this podcast, like I may not be a Joe Bro fan, but it got me in the mood to be like, all right, I'm ready to talk to Claire. And this is going to be a truly amazing podcast because your puns are always on point. So I got to keep that going, too.
0: Oh, my God. He's already coming out the gate with the puns. You are on it, my friend. It's like ten sixteen a.m. where we are in New York. So I'm curious. Do you ever listen to the same song or is it kind of a thing where it's you always have to listen to a different song? Like, are you always changing things up or do you kind of have one that you always fall back on as like your pump up song? You know? Yeah.
1: So I have a pump-up song, but every time I talk to someone new, I always ask them, is there something that you request? Because I've had people be like, I know you're about to dance before our session. I want you to dance to this. And I'm like, all right, whatever you want. I guess that's what's going to get us ready for this session. And it may sound a little crazy, but hey, they're very happy about it. They're like, I'm so excited you danced to this song for me. And I'm like, you know, I kind of feel like a stripper. Just don't throw me the dollar bills, you know, <laughs> I keep my clothes on.
0: <laughs> I love that. You're like, I'm an RD, not a stripper. But yeah. <laughs> that's probably the coolest thing I've ever heard anyone do before a call. I like mm-hmm. went through a period of time where it's like, if it was before a call with a potential client or a client or a, a, an existing client, I would um, jam out to one song in particular. It's not one. the Jonas Brothers, but it's like a close cousin. Um, it's my man, JT, Justin Timberlake. Ooh, yeah. Um can't stop the feeling, you know, sexy back any of those, they just get me in the mode to slay a call. So I love that. And I kind of like that you bridge some of your sports nutrition background, something that always happened in your life or that season of life. And you're bringing it to what you're doing currently, which is actually a really good transition to tell everybody, you know, I'm all about these transitions. (laughs) it's a great transition. I like literally search for them. Like I searched for peanut butter and jelly, but in saying that you have this sports nutrition background and you know, everybody had their pump up song, tell everyone who's listening. If they're not familiar with your background, a little bit of what you did before you got to the entrepreneurial space.
1: Yeah. So I'm actually super excited to talk to you because when I was in first grade, I was actually super quiet. Um, I don't think I've ever told anyone this. So Get ready for some exclusive
0: content Um, here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was very quiet because both my parents are from the Dominican Republic. So they only spoke Spanish to me at home. So in school, I didn't really talk to people because I was, you know, I didn't know I didn't really speak English that well. What my first grade teacher in the first PTA meeting actually told my parents that I would never speak English um, and that I would never be able to practice anything because I just didn't speak English and I couldn't do well enough. Well, here we are doing a podcast in English. Number one. Um, I've gone to do presentations to professional athletes in English and Spanish. So kind of like, thanks for motivating me to do better. So I think that first grade teacher, because it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be maybe more cognizant about my English. So jumping forward a, a hundred years, right? Um, <laughs> I did my bachelor's in biology and chemistry. I took a year off because I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. I thought I was going to go to medical school. Um, and then I went to an open house at my uh, college down in Miami called Florida international and they had nutrition. And I was like, nutrition, you can get a degree in nutrition. This can't be real. Like, what do you do? Because I, I just didn't know. So younger, I always had issues with my weight. Um, I followed meal plans before. Yes, they work, but not long-term. So I go to this open house. And I'm like, Oh, I have most of the prereqs. It's a lot of science. It's a lot of biology. It's a lot of chemistry, which a lot of people don't know. You know, nutrition has a lot of that. And I was like, Oh, I only got to take a couple more classes and then I can, you know, get my master's in nutrition. So I took my first nutrition class and I was like, this is it. This is awesome. This is exactly where I want to be at. Um, So once I finished my master's degrees, I did my internship. And then I went to go work at the University of Florida and I worked with their sports nutrition program. So that was football, basketball, um, Olympic sports, softball, baseball. And when I finished my time there, my director was like, hey, would you be interested in baseball? and i was like yeah i love baseball and she's like you would be perfect and i was like well duh hello look <laughs> at me um no but i was like why why do you say that she's like because you speak spanish and you're dominican um about 60% of the the minor leagues is actually latin players so they come from dominican republic venezuela colombia cuba puerto rico and it's tough when they come to a new country and they don't know any of the foods because we're very big on meat and potatoes They're very big on rice and beans. So it's like translating and and helping them understand um, how food can be their performance. So I was with the uh, Major League Baseball team for the past two years, and now I'm a full-on entrepreneur. So sorry for that long story, um, but now I am here with you and excited to talk to you.
0: No, I love that. And I think you're the first... You're not the first sports dietitian I've ever met, but you're definitely the first sports dietitian I've ever connected with in more of like a one-on-one setting. I feel like sometimes what I do can be a little bit far removed from the world of sports nutrition. So it's really cool to hear someone's story of how you came through sports nutrition and especially you, how you were able to use your background and your family heritage and your Spanish seeking abilities to actually bridge the gap between what some of the players needed in their, in their nutrition advice. And I think it's funny. I don't know if you remember what today's date is. You brought up um, when you were matched with your dietetic internship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Today, the day that you and I are recording this is actually Match Day for dietetic interns. Wow! Internship. So this is what a, a day. I know what a day, right? So this is a total aside. But I was um, talking to some of my friends who are now RDs about like, oh my God, do you remember this day? And when you said I was matched with my internship, it really reminded me of everyone who was like shaking in their boots maybe today who is a future dietitian wondering if they're going to get matched so our blessings go out to all of you i don't know why i'm looking at my mic i feel like people, <laughs> you were like in the microphone but our blessings go out to you um but something that i want to know from you since you got into sports nutrition was that or was sports a big part of your life like did you play sports yourself and then it was a natural transition or were you just like, that sounds cool. I like watching sports. I like athletes. Kind of what was the translation there?
1: So I like to say I'm aggressively average at sports. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, people watch me. They're like, why are you playing sports? Just sit on the sideline. Um, I just like to go out. I like to lift. I like to play basketball and soccer. But a lot of my friends are like, mm, you know, we'll kind of pick you in the middle. You're not going to be the benchwarmer, but uh, you may not be the person we pass to all the time. Uh, But I do love sports. And the reason I got into sports is because this is really what drove my passion. If I could affect one uh, athlete, they have a platform of millions of people that listen. So if this athlete, male or female, were to go up and be like, you know what really helped me was eating more fruits and vegetables as opposed to eating like French fries, how many more people can hear that message of nutrition? Like now millions of people have heard that and they're like, whoa. And I don't even want to be connected to me. Like they don't have to be like, oh, it's Tony. It's like, no. No. He just said – or he or she said eat more fruits and vegetables, help them with the performance. Now more people are like, oh, man, if that's what's going to help him with his performance, that's what I'm going to do. Because I even said at the beginning, like, LeBron James walks in with his Beats, right? Oh, we already know Beats is the headphones by Dr. Dre and I have all the athletes where right now. It's like if LeBron were like, yo, I eat um, – my pre game meal is like 2 fists of roasted broccoli with, like, some sweet potatoes or brown rice or, and then, like, some lean protein – everyone be like, that's my new meal. I'm going to eat that all week because I want to be like LeBron James. And to me, that's why. Because as dietitians, we don't get that platform yet, but we're getting there, right? Yeah. Um, but if I could pass that message to someone that could, you know, affect that many people, why not? Because that's really my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal is to help people. And if I can get someone to do it in a short amount of time, that's why I got into sports.
0: I have to tell you that is probably one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard in my entire life. I <laughs> will be totally honest with you and say that I have never connected the fact that athlete, and you're totally right, especially like big athletes who have a big place in the field, they have a lot of clout, right? They have a lot of position to position themselves socially on social media to have a lot of influence. And I had never put two and two together that if they make a change in their life and they're vocal about it, and they love what they're seeing that other people would kind of look up to them as role models, not only in, you know, athletics and sports, but also in nutrition and performance and things like that. So that's really, really cool. And With you, so you were in sports nutrition and you said now kind of towards the end of your story that you have transitioned out of that in the formal sense, I guess I could say. So what was kind of the transition for you? What made you go from, okay, I'm working with this baseball team, I'm a sports dietitian to I want to own my own business, I want to do my own thing. So there's definitely a jump there, but what was that jump like?
1: So I always knew I'd be going into entrepreneurship, I just didn't know when. Um, I love being part of a team. And as you know, you're we're part of the same team, right? The okay. I Believe mentorship. And I love being able to talk to you and connect with you. So what made me jump was baseball. Baseball, I started in February um, until April with no days off. Then from April to October, you only get two days off a month. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, it's a weekend. No, no, no. It's like the Monday of the first week, and a Wednesday of the third week. So you don't get to choose your days because that's just whenever the team is off. So pretty much from February until October, you get very little days off. Um, so the reason I transitioned to entrepreneurship is to kind of take my time back because my w- wife moved up with me to support me in my sports nutrition goals. And I kind of saw, you know what? This is the time for me to transition. I have some experience under my belt. I feel confident in what I can do and what I can provide and use that mindful nutrition or intuitive eating in sports and apply it to those athletes that may be recreational, but also professional athletes that are looking for a dietitian that is not working within the sports team realm. Um, And it was really just time. I mean, I wanted to be on my own and control my schedule and not being able to see my wife uh, was one of the biggest proponents that pushed me towards entrepreneurship because I want to spend more time with her and with my family because time is something we cannot get back.
0: Yeah, isn't that true? And w- as you were saying this, um, like towards the end, I was like, "Oh my god, how many baseball puns could I say right now?" And the one that I've come out with is, you could say that you threw them a curveball by deciding oh! to leave. <laughs> Hit that one out of the park, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to slide into yeah. our next question. <laughs> All right. I'll stop. Most of my friends are, like, no, those are great. I love it. I'm like, no, I never stop. So in this transition I like had no idea. And I think we had talked about this a little bit on the conversation because I was simply so curious, like what made you go from having this position in the sports world to doing it on your own? And I had no earthly idea. Like I know every job is going to have its requirements and every job is going to require you to work hard. But literally from my perspective, that sounds like it's, working you to the bone almost. It's like no time yeah. off. It's um all work, no play, ironically, because it's a game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no but, pun intended, but it was there.
0: No pun intended, but yeah. it was there. But it's super cool to to see people transition and to kind of wind up in the same team as you were saying, like we're part of the I believe mentorship. And I think Even though you're not in the sports world, air quote here per se, you still have that team aspect and it's more of like a team of entrepreneurs working towards the same goal and and affecting all of those lives. So one thing that I really want to pick your brain with here. Mm-hmm. on the podcast. And I think it's so funny when this topic first came up again, it was like one of our initial DM conversations. I yeah. feel like with me, with my intuitive eating platform where it's like a total non numbers approach, non weight focused approach. Some people, um, I feel the need to be like, Oh, by the way, I don't do that. Right. Oh, by the way, I don't <laughs> do this. And I had to laugh the first, one of the first messages. You're like, Oh, by the way, I hate macros. Or like, <laughs> I was like, Tony, my man, and I was so blown away at that because in my mind, I had never heard like a version of sports nutrition or nutrition related to performance that wasn't so tightly linked to numbers-based measurements. So what kind of led you to this idea of, oh, I can teach athletes to be better athletes or to increase their performance, but I don't necessarily have to go the super traditional route of eat X grams of carbs a day or X amount of fat a day or X amount of protein. What was that shift like for you?
1: Yeah, so there are a lot of professional athletes that are like, I want to know the macros. And I'm like, okay, here are the macros. What are you going to do with them? they don't really know. And if they do know, great, I'll educate them on it and they can do it. However, um I had a great mentor when I was at the university of Florida and she also worked with me at the blue Jays. Um, and she taught me that it doesn't have to be a numbers approach. What we do is we can use just simple things like our hand to kind of teach on what to eat and how to eat and how they can fuel and just teaching them that because they already have a thousand other things they need to worry about as a professional athlete. So like, In baseball, they have to worry about throwing a ball, hitting a ball, catching a ball, seeing the ball, because if you get hit with it, you might get injured. Then you have to run the bases or you have to run after a ball that's coming at you. Um, you got to make sure you're in the right place at the right time. And with other sports, it's the same thing, right? Like you have so many other things that you have to focus on. That nutrition kind of just slides towards the end. So how can we make it easy so someone doesn't have to sit at a meal and like, okay, carry the one, divide by two, all right, I have enough macros for this. It's like, no. Just look at the meal, look at the food, enjoy it. And then how can I fuel to perform? And that's just simple things we teach. So, you know, we kind of debunk carbohydrates because as you know, everyone's so scared of carbs, right? Like people see carbs and they're like, ah, I gained a hundred pounds. And it's like, no, you haven't. It's okay. I promise you it's what's going to help you with that fueling. And I've had people that we just show them like, here's a simple thing to do. Um, For example, like increase your carbs and decrease your proteins because a lot of people are like, oh, I got to have so much protein. And it's like, just do like the fist approach. So fist of carbs, fist of veggies, and then palm of proteins is what I normally start with, but in different portion sizes depending on who you are and what your weight goals are. Mm -hmm. Um, We do not use the scale. Um, It's more of like how they feel with performance because also we have people that play 162 games, which is a lot. And it's like, they usually drop weight. So how can we get them to maintain weight? Um, And how can we get them to maintain energy through the games? And I've had people that they used to, at the beginning of last year's season, they would just eat like Wendy's um, fried chicken tenders and and French fries. And I got them to just switch to like subs. I know crazy. Um, And they would tell me like, I feel a difference in my, in my performance. And it's crazy to hear people say that when it's not like counting macros, it's like just changing the foods and explaining to them why it's a premium. So what I, what we like to use is like premium versus regular. Um, We never like to say good and bad foods because there should be no such thing as a bad food. Um, so what I kind of teach my clients is I, I'll ask you, uh, I teach I, everyone I work with, I consider them the top end car, the Maseratis, the Mercedes Benz. What kind of gas do you put in that, Claire?
0: Probably the best kind of gas that you can buy. <laughs>
1: the premium, exactly. And then what do you put, I drive a Toyota Corolla, so nothing wrong with them. But what do <laughs> you put in like a Toyota Corolla? Just
0: Maybe more like the, the mid-grade or the regular type of gas, you could say. Exactly,
1: regular. So I just go over that with my clients and I'm like, I want you to have premium at all times. That's what my goal is. Like, there are times to have regular. When should you have it? And then when to have premium. So I remember when I first started baseball, they'd always come in like, ooh, look, I got donuts, Tony. What are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to eat a donut. Thank you. (laughs) And they were so in shock because other dietitians have come through, they would, like, throw it away or get upset. And it's like, why get upset? It's just food. And I tell them straight up, I'm like, this is your performance, not mine. I've already made my dream career. I'm in sports dietetics for a professional baseball team. You're still in the minor leagues and you're trying to become a professional baseball player. If you think trying to jab at me with donuts when you're trying to recover is what's going to get you to to major leagues, that's when you need to reassess your process, right? Like we can have fun and we can jab at each other, but I'm here to help you. So time for you to live your dream because I'm living mine.
0: I love that. It's like this idea of radical responsibility. And I think where – and I I take that from Gary Vee. I don't know if you follow him, but he talks about radical responsibility. is taking responsibility for what you want – and what's going to get you there. And I think where so many coaching approaches go wrong, it's like, you have to do it my way. If you don't do it my way, then you're failing and we can't work together. Right. But I think it's so much more impactful to be able to flip the coin and be like, I'm doing what I love as a dietitian, and it's my job to empower you to feel the best in your own body. If that's eating donuts right now, sure. I'll share a donut with you and we can just move on, but also hear all these other things that I'm going to teach you. And we don't kind of have to jab at each other that way. Right. Cause that's kind of fighting fire with fire and not really getting much better. But what I love about your approach, because as you're kind of describing it, I kind of see it as the middle ground between a air quote, traditional um, approach to a diet or sports nutrition and intuitive eating, um, because you're still kind of educating and you're giving guidelines on, you know, this can help performance. Now take this and do what you will. So I really kind of see it as that middle ground between normal quote, nutrition and intuitive eating. But what I love about what you do is it's so client-centered. The thing that you said at the beginning of your spiel when you were talking about, you know, these athletes have so many other things to worry about, right? They got to worry about, I am not an athlete, so I don't even know what they have to worry about. But I'm like not even going to pretend like I know what they have to worry about. (laughs) I know that they have a lot on their plate, both literally and physically. Uh I'm trying to cover all my bases here, okay, Tony? (laughs) But oh. this, is gonna, this is just going to turn into a pun monologue of like baseball <laughs> puns from Claire and Tony Leff. It's going to be great. But I love why it. I think it's so great, it's because you're saying like, I know you have so much else that you have to do. Let's not make nutrition an extra stressor on top of that. Like, yeah, it has to be a part of the puzzle because your car metaphorically has to run on something, but let's not make that a practice that takes away from other areas of your life. I almost supply it to, and you know, I take a total non-numbers approach at all because I think like everyone is like, oh, I'm so busy in life. I don't have time to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay, well, you're telling me you don't have time for all these things, but then you're spending like 20 minutes a day logging in and weighing all the food. Like what's going to be the most impactful use of your energy? So I think it's so cool how you're kind of taking this middle ground approach and you're empowering athletes to be like, look, that is one way and you know, I can support you and I can tell you the macros if you're interested, but there's more to your performance and there's more to life than just focusing on the nitty gritty. So with this, I'm curious, have you ever had any pushback maybe from athletes or maybe other dietitians who have a more traditional approach where they're like, no, in order to fuel performance, you need this exact amount every single day or you can't let them have the donuts because X, Y, and Z will happen. Has there ever been any kind of that people just doubting you or giving you a little bit of pushback or are most people really open-minded to it?
1: Oh, no, there's always pushback. So one of the biggest ones that kind of like sticks in my head, I had this player last year, <clears throat> and we had done sessions on sessions trying to help him with his weight. Um, his goal was weight loss. And everyone's like, man, this guy's going to be a major league player, but he needs to lose weight. And we, after all the sessions, he, he didn't drop a pound. And I was like, okay, we've tried everything. What's happening? So we had a meeting with the coach and the player and another coach. And we all sat down and I, I, it sticks in my mind to this day. He just sat there with his arms crossed, which means he didn't want to listen. And he just said, I know what I need to do. I've already had my sessions with Tony. I, I know. And I was like, oh, okay. So at the end of that, I kind of told everyone, I'm like, he says he knows what to do. He knows where to find me if he has any questions. Well, I went to go visit him halfway through the season. He had gained another 20 pounds. And I did his body composition, and he kind of sat back and he's like, Tony, I need your help. And that to me was like the most impactful moment because it's like, he said he knew how to do everything. He said he was on a path for success, but he finally it finally took that moment for him to be like, man. And I asked him, why do you think now is the right time? And he's like, I can feel it in my performance. Like, I'm slower. I can still hit the ball, but I can't catch the ball. I'm not as mobile. And that's what's going to help me move forward. And having him think about that, and he's like, all right, what do I need to do? That's when we got into that mindful approach. We were like, okay, what foods are you eating? What foods could you be eating? And he's like, oh, I go to McDonald's and I get, you know, two double cheeseburgers, two McChickens, and a large McFrappé. And I was like, okay, so out of all that, what's one thing you think we can change? And he's like, change the McFrappé to water. And I'm like, perfect that's it. Let's just start there. Like just small habits and letting it kind of build and use the education that we've done in the past and have him be the ownership of his performance and of his diet. Because at the end of the day, if you want to eat bad or regular food, (laughs) if you want to eat all the fried chicken and all the pizza, which I've seen players do it and they eat the donuts and they're the ones that are normally always in rehab. Why? Because they're not fueling their body for performance. They're fueling for, I don't know, rehab, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and I want to keep them out of there. So it's just those regular foods and just kind of educating on that. And then I've had players where I give them the macros and they go out and they do it and it's like, it didn't work. And it's like, why didn't it work? Well, because I had, um, I had practice, I had the game, I didn't have time to log in. And it's like, okay, so now that we've tried that because that's what you wanted, what do you think the next step is? And they're like, well, could you kind of guide me and what to do? And it's like, perfect. This is what we wanted from day one, but I don't tell them that. But it's just like, let's just take out that piece of counting because there shouldn't ever have to be counting unless this is only in extreme cases where we've done everything. Like we did a checklist. We've we've managed every piece of the pie, literally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, now we need to figure out what's missing, you know? So that would be the only time I bring in macros if it's like we've done it takes about like two months of like exhaustive work where we go over daily dietary recall. We go over their performance. We go over sleep. We go over hunger. We go over energy and we don't see any changes. And we're like, I just need you to track because I'm missing something. And it's not that they're lying to me. It's just that they forget. Because like you just said, and I just told you, it's just they have so many other things going on.
0: Yeah. And I I think what your answer speaks really beautifully to is in all types of nutrition coaching, whether if it's more fueling for performance, whether it's intuitive eating, like you, people have to be ready to make the change for themselves. Right. We, one thing that our uh, mentor mutual friend always says is you can't coach desire. Right. So I think if anyone is listening and this can be a good takeaway for anyone listening is everyone wants to feel like the best version of themselves. But like, if you're not Truly in it, right? If you're not really ready to commit to whatever path that you want to take, then the desire to change isn't necessarily going to be there. And then someone like Coach Tony or myself can't really be the full help that we can be because you're not in it as well. And I think something that I love that you are kind of talking through as your approach with those athletes is instead of just saying, like, you know, being really dogmatic, like, what are you doing? You know, don't do that, you know, change that, you kind of open up the conversation to say, well, what do you think you should do? Or taking all of the information that we've gone over in the past, what do you think would be the most empowering shift that we could make? Kind of, again, coming back to that sense of radical responsibility, being like, this is your career. This is your life. This is what you're choosing to do. How can I be a better support rather than the dictator of no donuts or whatever it may be? <laughs> so within that, a question that I have really been wanting to ask you because when I asked you about do you ever get pushback, obviously with the intuitive eating path, especially when it comes to working with people who do have an active lifestyle and maybe are involved in some sort of sport or activity on a regular basis, some sort of pushback that I will get is well, if I'm not tracking everything to a T or if I'm not following a specific performance-related diet, air quote, then I won't be able to perform to the best of my ability or I won't be able to continue to make progress in the gym or my move freely practice, as I like to say. So coming from someone who has a lot of experience working with athletes and people who do have a really active lifestyle, what would you maybe say to someone who is potentially listening, who has that kind of stigma of, I have to have a really rigid approach to my nutrition in order to fuel my activity. What advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Because when I worked in sports, we always had a sports psych that was with us as well. And we'd always have like a collaborative session with them.
0: Oh, that's, that's awesome.
1: When, yeah. We figure out like where the main challenge is because sometimes it's not food. It's something else that they're trying to compensate for. So they use food as an emotional crutch. Right. And I'm sure you've dealt with it um, with, uh, all your clients, not all of them, but some clients, I know I have yeah. a lot of clients that have that emotional eating crush. And they're like, the thing is I just eat emotionally. And I'm like, okay, but why we need to talk that out. So having that sports, like on my side was one of the best things to kind of help me, um, with that. So I tell them, are you going to do this for the rest of your life? Are you going to bring your food scale out to when you go eat with your friends? Are you going to miss out on like the Super Bowl because you need to have your meal prepped? And I told them I've been there. You don't want to be that social outcast. You want to enjoy your day. You want to enjoy your time. You want to enjoy your life. This is the only one we have to live. So live it at your best and enjoy food and enjoy life. Because to me, that's what I tell them. Like, yeah, sure. I can get you where you want to if that's what you want, but you're not going to enjoy this experience. Mm -hmm. And I want you to enjoy what you're doing. So if you want that rigid plan and you think this is the only way to go about it, yes, it is one way to go about it, but not the only way. So just open up your mind and knowing that being that rigid is not something that you will probably do long-term because mm-hmm. I was that guy that brought meals places. I was that guy that was missing out with my friends. And I noticed, is this really what's going to fulfill me in life by being aesthetically pleased? Like by having washboard abs? No. What's going to make me happy is spending time with my friends and family, knowing that I can have rice and beans if I want to, or meat and potatoes, whatever it is that day. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to worry about, Oh man, can, can I have that beer? Oh my God, it's going to mess up my macros today. It's like, just have the beer. No one is going to die. Well, if you do drive, do not drink and drive. That is when that is an issue, but, um, take Uber or Lyft, whatever car service or have a designated driver. But, um, if you are doing that, like that's not going to help. And in sports cultures, they celebrate by drinking alcohol. So I have to explain to them, you know, that's probably not going to help your performance. If you think you're counting calories is what's going to make you the best performer. Think about what that alcohol is going to do for you the next day. So it's really like if you have that rigid mindset, just kind of take a step back. Think about what the real challenge is and how you can make it better. And that's why you have someone like Claire and myself to kind of help guide you through that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I love your approach, and that's a great question. It's like don't be rigid because that's just going to make everything else worse. Like you're going to increase your stress, you're going to increase your worries, and you're going to decrease your, your lifestyles. And you can even decrease your output. Because people that are so rigid about that, when they go into the gym, they are so worried about everything else that they're not even focusing on their moving freely.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really great perspective too. I think we, you know, if you're coming from that rigid mindset, you're thinking, well, the only thing that's going to impact my performance is what I eat or what I choose not to eat. But we also don't realize that is the way that you're choosing to eat or not to eat, is that bringing a lot of stress or sucking a lot of your mental energy? because. That's going to affect performance as well, right? And I kind of love the more open-handed approach that you took. And you said, let's kind of zoom out here and ask yourself a phrase that I like to say a lot. What are you willing to miss out on? And you know, and what are your goals, right? If your goal is, I want to have washboard abs, then like, yeah, you're probably going to have to miss out on a lot of fun things, maybe depending on whatever your genetics are and what it takes you to get there, right? But I think for a lot of people, where we go wrong or where we take a left or we need to take a right with nutrition is realizing that we're in it for life. And food is going to have to be one of those things that we address multiple times daily for the rest of our life. So no matter what your goal is, right, if you're approaching food in a way that's, Taking away from that sense of enjoyment, like you said, if you're taking, you know, if you're sucking all the fun out of the food, then is that really how you want to live the rest of your life? So I love that about your approach. And I think what it's kind of reminding me of, because we can say like, oh, I want to be more gentle in my approach and I want to have this open-handed approach of nutrition that's wonderful. But something that this conversation kind of reminds me of is something that I sprinkle in like salt bay. No one (laughs) right now, but I'm doing like the salt bay thing. She's doing it. Yeah. I am doing
1: it.
0: (laughs) What I like to sprinkle in is what I call gentle nutrition. So in the intuitive eating path, we kind of focus on the relationship to food first, kind of like overcoming food fear, negativity. And then when someone has been working with me for a couple of months, we actually start to talk a little bit about what different foods do for our bodies. I don't care what type of nutrition approach you take. I think we can all agree that food functions in the body in some type of way. And all food is a balance of the macronutrients, proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and also water and different vitamins and minerals. So what I want to know from you kind of in this gentle nutrition aspect of things, maybe an athlete or someone who does a lot of moving freely is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, well, I know I don't want to take a rigid approach That sounds wonderful, but also I kind of feel like I'm lacking on the education side of gentle nutrition because I think you and I can both agree it's all well and good to not want to track numbers, but we also have to be educated on what different foods do for us. So I'm thinking the easiest way for you to break this down or me to ask this question would be for let's just call him the average Joe, maybe someone who isn't like a super professional athlete, but they do move around a lot and they do want to think about how can I plan or how can I eat foods that are going to help fuel my performance in a more non-rigid way? What's kind of um, a breakdown or a little bit of educational talk around maybe like a pre- Move free meal, um, maybe an intra if they're doing like a super long workout and a post. Just kind of some education on that, if you will.
1: Yeah. So funny you bring that up. I actually worked with a player last year that used to eat Fruit Loops before his uh, performance. Ah. And he would always say, Oh, yeah, I love eating Fruit Loops. And I'm like, Awesome, man. I love Fruit Loops too. But what he found was that for a three hour game, he wouldn't feel the energy till like a half hour in and that would drop. About an hour after that. And I'm like, there's still half the game. You don't feel like you're at optimal performance. So what can we do to change that? So we just found foods that work. So we switched that Fruit Loops to oatmeal with fruits because those are those longer lasting fibers. So those are those premium versus regular. So you do want regular pre and post moving freely because it's more absorbed in your body. However, we also want to know what you're fueling. So if you're doing, uh, if you're doing like a game or something, like you said, a longer workout, um, and that's something to me is like about a three hour workout, which I hope no one's doing unless they're a professional athlete. Cause that's a long right, time right. or you're someone that's a very active lifestyle. Like your job asks you to move all the time. Then you can have those regular um, foods because you need that quick energy and kind of to move forward. But I'm all about the premium carbs because they're more fiber, not only to help you go to do number two, but they also give you <laughs> more energy throughout the day. And that's what we try to focus on how we can sustain your energy. So I'm all about, like, if you're going to go into a workout where you're going to be there for, let's say, an hour, great. Have your Fruit Loops because you're going to need that burst of energy to kind of get that workout done. And then post-workout or post-freely, we do um, <laughs> some fast-acting protein and some fast-acting carbs. Because the way I like to think about it is if you drove – if I drove from here in Florida to go visit you in Virginia and I decided to refill my fuel, my fuel tank – I need something that fills it fast because I need to get back to Tampa because my wife would probably not be happy. She'd be like, why are you going to see Claire? (laughs) But number two, um, I want to get some fuel that's going to work. So I always look for about 20 to 40 grams of protein, which is a number. But what I like to do is like a palm of lean animal protein because you don't want to have anything with too much fat because then it's going to take longer to process and you won't get um, the most recovery and then some sort of carbohydrate. So that could be fruit. Um That's actually, I normally just suggest fruit and Greek yogurt. That to me is like the best post-workout or some low-fat chocolate milk. Those are the two major pre-workouts that I normally suggest because it's easy. You don't need to buy protein powders. I, I, I'm all about eating food first. So if you can just get it from like Greek yogurt um, and fruit and then or uh, low-fat chocolate milk post, pre I guess would be just some fruit is what I normally suggest. And then if it's a long inner workout, I guess you have to find what works for you but definitely no dairy before you work out because if you eat something like that, it might make you not perform at your best. You might have a little queasiness or nausea. Yeah. yeah. You might not be in the mood to work out.
0: Oh oh man. That was <laughs> bullish of you, man. Oh man. That was good. You're just grazing for puns over there, aren't you? <laughs> No, I think kind of what you said there and how you broke it down was very uh, easily digestible. (laughs) Punish. Because I just, I'm not going to stop today. Because I think when you are approaching nutrition and maybe move freely or workout nutrition in this way, it's important to know okay, carbohydrates are going to act more quickly in my body. So maybe I want to think about how I can eat those before or during if I'm going to be there for a long time, right? Afterwards, I know that I've probably opened up some space in my muscles and I broke down my muscle fiber. So I need to eat protein to help me recover, right? And you need carbohydrates as well. So it's kind of just knowing the basics of what these different foods do for us and how they function in the body. And I think that is a wonderful bridge on how you can eat more intuitively, but you can also do it in a way that's not going to take away from your performance in a certain activity. If that's something that you're worried about, because you would not believe, maybe you would believe actually, The number of people who tell me, Oh, I can't do that because I have an active lifestyle or I move a lot. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean you can't learn what food does and approach it in a more non-rigid way. Is it a little bit harder? Are you going to have to work a little bit more to understand rather than just looking to my fitness pal to say, you know, I need X number of grams of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, but it's definitely doable. So I love this. I love this conversation. It's so cool to have someone who I don't know, like I said, who does sports nutrition and I've never had someone on the podcast who has a focus like that. And I guess the last question, because I'm curious before I ask you my wrap up questions is since you had a sports focus and you worked with athletes and now you've kind of transitioned into more of the entrepreneurial space, are most of your clients athletes, like professional athletes, or do you work more with people who are just looking to move more freely, more of kind of like the quote, average Joe with their movement, but they want to figure out how can I do this in a way that's going to make me feel better and fuel my body for that?
1: Yeah. So I have right now, um, a few baseball players, a few marathon runners. Um, and then I also have average Joes that are just looking to better their performance at work. Uh, to give you an example, I work with one of my best friends growing up and he's, he's lost 30 pounds this past month. And I, it's not a numbers thing. He just told me, he's like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, okay, great. But like, how do you feel? How's your energy? And he told me, he's like, I don't need that second cup of coffee in the afternoon. I feel like I can get through my work day. My clothes are feeling looser. I feel more confident. I can play with my kid. And I'm like, those are the things that I care about. Like, I'm glad you lost 30 pounds. Like, yeah, that's going to help your, your health numbers. But I want to know how that's making you feel. Like, I want to know if this is actually making an impact on you and your performance. So working with those average Joes, to me, like I told you, no one is average when they work with me. Mm-hmm. They're always that premium top of the line car. And a lot of people are like, I want you to treat me like a professional athlete. And I'm like, I am. There's no difference. We're all the same people. We all breathe the same air. We all use the same bathrooms. We all eat the same foods. It's just how can we apply it to help you and your performance? Because performance is defined not only on the field, but also at our workplace.
0: Hmm. I like that. It's kind of Because I think so many people do have a really um, narrow-minded approach of what, you know, performance is in sports nutrition. But if you think about your whole life as the arena or the field, whatever you want to call it and say, I don't only have to perform when I go to do my move freely, when I go to the gym, but also when I'm at work, when I'm at home with my family, I have to show up as the best version of me, no matter where I am. So treating everyone evenly is kind of like the best athlete in their own life. I love that. So as we kind of wrap up here, first of all I'll tell you that you were a blast to have on (laughs) the podcast. And I have to say I think it was the Joe Bro energy that you brought coming into (laughs) it. I really think that's why you brought so much energy and it's just your personality in general. But I think you kind of vibed all the way from Florida. You sent me that Joe Bro energy and maybe we'll have to like conclude by hitting end and go listening to some on our own terms. But um, one thing that I want to know from you before I hit you with my final question is if anyone is like, this guy is awesome, he has so much energy, I want to ask him questions about, you know, nutrition and my like, performance. Where are you hanging out these days? Where can they get more information on Coach Tony himself?
1: Well, I'm currently driving up to visit you, Claire, so I need to hurry <laughs> up back. No. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, on my Instagram at coach underscore Tony Castillo, C A S T I L L O. Um, you can also find me in Claire's story today. (laughs) I know you won't be listening to the podcast today, but when it comes out, Yeah. 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 Um, and I think it also has been a great podcast because your puns have been on point. So I appreciate that your jokes, your salt bay imagery. Yes. Uh, I remember listening to your other podcast. I think you said like you put your hands up and no one can see you. I'm confirming everything she says she does on the <laughs> podcast. She is actually doing on this call. So kudos to you. You are awesome. I love your energy. I love your mindset. And I can't wait till all of us are there um, in a sense, like all of us move to that kind of approach because that is the way I think the future is going. And I love it. Keep it up.
0: Did you maybe also listen to the Jonas Brothers the year 3000 and you saw into the future and this <laughs> is the way that it's going? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe that's how you know, because I agree. I think um, we're moving in a direction where we all don't have to be so rigid. And I think you're a wonderful reflection of how that happens in the sports space as well. So thank you so much for your time today. And before we wrap up for good, the last question that I always, always, always asks, ask my guests is, you know, my platform is all about eating intuitively and living more gently, meaning how can we learn to love where we are now and get to where we're going without beating ourselves up every single step along the way, like we humans are so prone to doing sometimes. So what I want to know from you, coach Tony, what do you do in your daily life that helps you to live a little bit more gently with yourself?
1: Be grateful every day for what you have and, you know, don't compare yourself to others. It's all about being grateful. So like every morning I have this book, I write in with my wife when we have breakfast. We sit down and it just ask like a question. Just like, I think today's was, uh, what is a song you're currently jamming out to this week? So we wrote like songs that we wrote about and it just sparked conversation. And I was just so grateful to have that time with her this morning um, and grateful to have people that support me. Um, and being grateful that I can be on this podcast today, uh, so just just grateful. That's really what helped me, you know, live gently, move freely,
0: love fiercely. The love attitude. Fiercely. I got mold. two out of three. Two so out man, of three. I'm super impressed. It's hard to keep on top of other people's stuff, so I'm super impressed. And the attitude of gratitude is where it's at. And I hope, or I don't even hope. I know everyone listening can hear that really shining through what you said today and the energy that you brought to the podcast. So I can't thank you enough for being here today, bringing that attitude of gratitude and teaching all of us gentle nutrition, intuitive eating peeps a little bit about how we can fuel to move freely in a way that isn't so rigid. So thank you for opening up our minds. Anybody who's listening and wants to follow coach Tony Castillo. I said it right. There you go. (laughs) It. <laughs> I took five years in Spanish. I will have, you know, so maybe I, I have a few words in there, but anybody who wants to follow him, please find him on Insta. His energy is wonderful. And until next time, we'll see you back here next Wednesday. Yours truly, Tony and Claire. <laughs> Hey there, me again, and no, don't worry, I'm not about to blast Aaron Carter in your ears one more time, even though that would be fun, but I just wanted to slide in here at the end of the episode, and thank you if you've hung around for the entire episode, for listening to the podcast, and for coming back week after week to support our message and what we do here on the Yours Truly podcast. As always, if you have found any ounce of value in this episode or any other episodes on the podcast, the best way that you can say thank you and spread the message for other people to hear it who need the messages in their life is to share this podcast episode or the podcast in general with Anybody who you think could benefit from this, you can easily do this if you are listening on Apple Podcasts by tapping the three dots in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen and getting a shareable link that you can text, you can email, you can send out into the universe in whatever way that you see fit. If you're not listening on Apple podcasts, don't worry. You can still share it by taking a screenshot of the screen that you see now with this podcast pulled up, putting it on your social media stories, tagging me and Tony telling us what you are taking away from this episode. And I would love, love, love to see that. So thank you again for tuning into the podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. If you haven't yet to help us grow and reach more people, truly grateful for you. And, um, I'm going to go eat a peanut butter and jelly now. See you next week.